Welcome to the Marketing Technology Podcast. News, tools, and tips from marketing technology companies and the marketers using them. Here's Douglas Carr. Well, hello, everybody. Good morning, and uh, thank you for joining us on this incredible uh, Wednesday. This is the first in a series of interviews that we're going to be doing on the Marketing Tech Blog with uh, professionals in our industry, and it's only fitting that our our first uh, uh, guest be Scott Brinker. Scott, are you on the on the line? I am, Douglas. Hi. Good morning. <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and read the intro to Scott just because we, we have it already. But if there was another colleague in the world that matched my excitement for marketing technology, it's definitely Scott Brinker. Um, I am really excited to do this interview today, and we want to promote the amazing conference that Scott has launched, uh, MarTech. Uh, and you can get your tickets now. If you go to the Marketing Tech blog, uh, you can uh, click on the sidebar. And you'll see that we've got an event posted there. If you're getting our email, you'll see an event at the bottom of the uh, at the bottom of the email as well. Uh, you can, of course, follow Scott uh, online at Chief Martech on Twitter, uh, and you can just do searches, of course, for the mar- for um, for the event. Uh, Scott has been an entrepreneur at the intersection of marketing and technology for quite some time. Um, he is currently the, uh, Scott. You're the founder of Ian Interactive, aren't you? Uh, one of the co-founders, yes. Yeah, yeah. So uh, if, if you guys don't know what that is, um, they do an incredible job. They were pioneers as far as uh, landing page conversion optimization uh, and measurement, especially in the measured marketing um, s- scene. Um, uh, and Scott, Scott and his ta- team ran a successful web development agency before that. Uh, and they, uh, one of the things that they did was they built the web marketing infrastructure for Citrix. Uh, previously, he ran a web technology consultancy that built early web apps for CBS Sportsline, the Tribune, the Miami Dolphins, and Fujitsu. And he started. Uh, uh, <laughs> and he started. Oh, I was reading your your bio. So you you helped develop BBS software back when you were a teenager. Now I'm starting to feel really old. <laughs> I think we all are. Uh, Scott graduated from Columbia University with a BS in computer science, uh, and he went on to get an MBA from MIT and a master's degree in computer science from Harvard University. So we've definitely got the smarts on the line. Welcome, Scott. And this is far too long. We should have done this, I think, five years ago. (laughs) Yes. Well, I'm uh, really excited to be here with you. It's definitely great to uh, have a conversation with someone else who shares this tremendous passion for what's happening at the intersection of marketing and technology. Yeah, and it, it's it's interesting that you know uh, I followed your career obviously for a long time, and and uh, and I, I think we're working a lot closer together. I, I absolutely want our readers and and our audience to go check out your blog, subscribe to it uh, because. Um, you take on it's 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 great. I think having a different perspective in the marketplace, and a lot of the stuff that we're talking about, Scott's talking about from a different angle, and I, I think it's so imperative um, that that people see those different perspectives into this. But Scott, I, you know, one of the things that surprised me is um, we, you know, you are a pioneer in the marketing technology industry. And and I've been called the same thing. I never I never knew the industry existed. I always knew there was marketing tools and everything else. But it seems you know within the last few years, there's just an incredible focus 
on the tools to make things possible. Why, why do you think that is? Now, that's a great question. Um, you know, I was thinking about this uh, a while ago that, um, you know, when the Internet first exploded commercially, uh, there was a lot of talk about how this was going to change everything in business. And, you know, actually, for most companies, it really didn't. Uh, and particularly after the dot-com bust, um, you know, the enthusiasm for digital transformation of most companies really took a back seat. Um, and I think what's finally happened is in these past few years, we've seen companies' digital savviness and capabilities, their ability to really engage with their audience uh, through these channels, actually have a significant impact uh, on uh, the growth and the bottom line of the companies. Or if, if they're not keeping up with that, have a negative impact on it. Um, and sure. so people are finally very serious about this. Yeah, and it, it, I love that you said the negative impact as well. I think a lot of people, um, you know, I was just talking to a gentleman this morning from a, a, a healthcare company um, that's all over the Midwest, you know, and he was discussing um, that they don't know what they don't know. They don't know what's hurting them because they're not doing it. And, and I think that's a big problem in our industry is that uh, a lot of people say, well, you know, oh, we get all of our business off of word of mouth or we get all of our business off of search or we have other companies. It's all off of Facebook. And, and the problem is, is that's only because they focused on those areas. The business is actually available everywhere, uh, but because they don't have the tools, they're not doing the monitoring and they're not and they haven't you know, developed those strategies. They're just not seeing activity from the other, you know, from the other channels. Yep, and that's and that's a challenge because there's so much innovation happening across this entire landscape. I mean, not just you know with marketing technology tools, although there's clearly plenty of that, um, but just uh, with uh, consumer technologies. I mean, all these uh, you know new devices, uh, people finally starting to get serious about how they'll take advantage of uh, the Internet of Things to change our relationships with uh, so many of the products that we buy and use. Um, and so all these things that are changing so rapidly, I mean, it, it is impossible for any one marketer or any one marketing organization to keep up with all of them. Uh, so you really have to be very intentful in prioritizing what you're going to look at, what you're going to uh, investigate and experiment with, and then be very uh, determined about uh, once you decide is this working or not working, uh, moving on. Uh, to the next thing. There's, there's a big queue. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that, you know, that obviously brings us to MarTech. And that's, 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 uh, I mean, I believe that you're one of the, um, if not, you know, the most focused conference out there um, that's purely about marketing technology. A lot of, a lot of people do training, you know, conferences. In fact, we're going out to social media marketing world uh, in, in a couple of weeks, and, and we're going to have an incredible time. Um, and technology will be kind of a backdoor, you know, as people go through their speeches and they talk about strategies. Uh, but MarTech is really taking the front door approach. And that's that, you know what, let's, you, you know, you've got problems within your industry, or, or maybe you don't even know uh, what opportunities are out there. Well, this is the conference for people to go to, to really get an introduction to um, currently what's, you know, state of the art, uh, and then 
what's coming down the pipeline as well, right? Yeah, no. Um, and I think one of the things that I'm most excited about with this community that's coming together for the MarTech event is looking at the technologies that are out there, looking at the trends, looking at the innovative ways in which companies are applying them. That's terrific stuff. But I think you're right. You know, you also get some of that content uh, embedded in a wide variety of other marketing events as well, too, because they're just naturally talking about how they apply technology in the context of social, in the context of content marketing, and so on. What I think, yeah, that's a little bit unique is a venue that's a chance for people to really talk about the issues of managing the technology capability, uh, not just for a specific, um, you know, domain like, you know, social or how do we do a really good job of managing our website, but thinking about how do we organize, you know, what's the relationship here between marketing and IT, what's the relationship between marketing technology and marketing operations, um, how do we get this technology, how do we develop innovation programs to rapidly test new technologies, and then for the ones that uh, our winners, you know, how do we get a team that's very good at spreading adoption of that capability throughout the rest of the marketing team? Um, these are, you know, it's funny, they're, 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 they're challenges that are all based around technology, but they're really not technology challenges. They're, they're management challenges. They're human and organizational challenges. And to me, that's some of the most fascinating stuff to uh, uh, have people who are going through this and practitioners in the space share what's working and not working for them. I love that. I, I often tell people that, um, you know, my, my standing joke, and it might not be that funny, but it's the, you know, the marketing technology space is like a bunch of refrigerator salesmen uh, selling refrigerators to starving people. And, uh, you know, it's, it's fine that you got the refrigerator, but, but the strategy is the food and, and, you know, you got to have food in the refrigerator if you want to stop people from starving. And I, and I think, um, you know, you've obviously, um, uh, you know, led the way as far as uh, if anybody uh, knows the marketing tech space, they know that Scott's also really kept a close eye on the marketing technology landscape. Uh, his infographic is world-renowned and in, in all over the place uh, as far as, you know, basically every player in the space kind of divided in the segment. And you've also released this now in Excel, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, but I think I think the the great picture, and I was just reading a blog post this morning, matter of fact, on this is it's daunting. There are there are mm -hmm. literally thousands of marketing technology related companies out there, and I think uh, one of the one of the questions that I cringe at that you just you just got to the meat of is you know, people coming to me and saying, well, what's the best marketing automation system or what's the best predictive analytics solution or what's the best? And, and my answer is always that depends uh, because mm -hmm. what you said was absolutely right. It's, it's the process, the implementation, the resources, the budget, the time, all of those factors, uh, you know, are, are what's so critical in implementing any marketing technology. So, it's fantastic that we have this incredible landscape of, of tools and technology to choose from. Uh, but what's more important is analyzing your path to utilizing a tool and then matching, 
matching the tool to the company or matching the tool to the culture, or to the process, to the budget, to the timeline, all of those pieces. Yeah, you know, it's funny, the uh, that marketing technology landscape, in some ways, it's become the tail wagging the dog. Uh, the original reason I, I started mapping out those products was not to try and convince people that, um, hey, look at all these, you know, wild tools out there that uh, you can buy this new shiny object here, 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 here. Um, but it was originally just trying to provide some evidence to make the case for a talent shift in the marketing organization that I, I'm a very strong believer that marketing needs to incorporate more technical talent uh, into its team, not, not as a replacement of IT, but very much as, frankly, a way to uh, help marketing and IT work more effectively together. Right. And so when I first started working on that landscape, right, I mean, I basically one of the things today I'm just saying, by the way, you know, you've got a lot of different technologies that are powering marketing these days. Have you thought organizationally about how you as the marketing team are sort of connecting all the dots there and, and taking a very yeah, intentful approach to how you evolve those capabilities? Yeah, uh, it's it's absolutely critical. And and I, I feel, I don't know if you feel the same way, you know, after the economic, you know, kind of downturn a few years back is that, you know, marketing is always seen as a, a quick, ex, you know, uh, budget to cut. <laughs> so, so what we're seeing is, you know, a lot of, a lot of marketing, um, you know, a lot of marketing departments left with minimal human resources and then a, a real reliance on the tools uh, to make things happen for them and to, to produce that efficiency, which, you know, when you, when you implement the wrong tool could spell doom, you know, for, for, for that company. Any comments on that? Yeah, no, I think you're right. It's, it's actually a really good open question. Like is most of this technology about achieving efficiency in marketing, um, so basically ways of um, you know either re net reducing our costs or uh, you know whether that's through like replacing um, people that we had to have doing this stuff or uh, whether it's just uh, the efficacy that we get out of say like an optimized uh, advertising campaign that has a you know net higher performance for us. I, I, I definitely agree. There's, there's a big slice of that. I think. What's interesting to me is how marketing approaches and ultimately justifies the ROI of using these tools for not just efficiency of our current organization, but using it as a growth opportunity for how do we change the relationship our company has with our target market uh, in ways that exceed what our competitors are doing? How do we create better experiences you know, on the web, on mobile devices, you know, connecting through this holy rail of, you know, omni-channel marketing nirvana? Um, there's a lot of opportunities there that some of them are efficiency-based, but some of them feel like they're, they're raising the bar for customer experience, partly because I think that's what customers are increasingly expecting uh, yeah. you know we've uh, we, we've come to the the world where uh, we expect to be able to 
make a complaint about something on Twitter and have someone actually come and help us solve that. We expect what we see on the website is going to correlate with what happens when we talk to someone on the phone. Um, those expectations, they're high, and they need this technological capability to support it. Yeah, absolutely. I, curious question. Do you feel that we're setting, um, from a consumer standpoint, I sometimes feel like we're setting the bar a little bit too high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I mean, certainly I think if you looked at what people expect and how most companies live up to that, we're, yeah, probably collectively falling short. Um, I know one of the people who will be speaking at uh, MarTech, uh, Patrick Spenner with uh, uh, CEB, uh, sort of a peer-to-peer research uh, group. Um, I believe this is actually going to be one of the things he's going to present about, is they have studied the curve of consumer expectations and doing researches from consumers and then mapping out for different companies and sectors who's delivering them, who's falling short. Uh, and it's really interesting. You definitely see a huge cluster of companies that are just woefully, woefully short of those consumer expectations. But you now do see a nice set of these outliers who they probably don't exceed the consumer expectation because, yeah, at some level, it probably is still unrealistic. But they're getting closer. Uh, and I think there's a lot we can learn about how are those outliers making that happen. Yeah, I, I feel like, uh, you know, it, let's take, you know, the, uh, the horse that continuously gets kicked, you know, let's take uh, Comcast, for example. And I, and I feel like, you know, here they are in this complex, complex world of, um, you know, bringing internet into people's homes and dealing with different technologies and desktops and iPads and mobile phones and connectivity issues and weather issues and, uh, you know, people digging up lines in their backyard and, and you know, cutting their fiber and, and th- there's there's probably a million things that can go wrong on your data connectivity to the internet, um, but their job is to bring that connectivity to you at you know whatever it is forty nine dollars a month, and <laughs> and somehow exceed your expectations on uh, speed, customer service, you know, time to call, downtime, you know, all these things, and sometimes I feel like you know maybe part of the problem is, is is that in their marketing, they're just setting and missing the expectations. You know, they're setting this expectation of, you know, oh, this fantastic system, high tech, you know, great connectivity and everything else. Um, but hey, we're gonna have some downtime once in a while. They never say that, right? Yeah, no, it, it's kind of a hard sales pitch to be like, you know, the internet service provider who, well, we're up most of the time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think right. I mean, it is actually a really good point, though, because a lot of this comes down to the question of, okay, the, the consumer expectations, but then there's, can your competitors do better than you? Right. You know, to the degree that Comcast is providing, you know, the best internet service for, you know, the majority of homeowners out there, okay, the fact that they're not perfect or that they're perhaps even falling short of arguably unrealistic expectations from consumers, you know, still at the end of the day, they're going to be the best option and people are going to go with them. Uh, they'll just, you know, make some various comments on Twitter from time to time. 
Right. Um, but the moment right. you start to get someone else who comes in who actually can exceed that performance on whichever dimensions matter, um, I think that's that's what that's actually this aspect of the marketing technology that I think is the bigger challenge for companies to think about is, you know, how how does a competitor come into our space and deliver an end-to-end experience that really puts us behind? Uh, and if we can, if we can imagine it, you know, can we get there first? Yeah. Uh... I think you're absolutely right. A lot of, a lot of the studies that I, I look at, you know, where marketing technology is um, coming into play, and we can we can talk. You know, obviously we'll talk about um, some of the sponsors of of, of the marketing tech uh, conference, as well as some of the presentations that will be uh, done there. But you know, a lot of what I'm seeing is that there's more and more studies being done on those gaps, right? The understanding the gap in uh, what between you and your competitors, or you and client expectations, and you and and for a long time, you know, all of the marketing technology industry was very siloed. You know, the the pieces didn't really talk. You know, if you had an SEO platform compared to a um, you know paid search platform compared to an email platform, um, the analytics and the customer journey didn't line up. Um, but a lot of the new technologies out there are starting to answer those questions and and provide you know what each of the channels are, is is applying to the equation, but glaringly where the gaps are, you know that that your competitors could absolutely you know take advantage of you, and and they can do it in real time uh, already nowadays as well. No, and it's absolutely and. I don't know. I mean, like, sorry, one, you know, example, because, you know, sometimes when people look at this, they're thinking, okay, well, how are we doing compared to our competitors on, you know, our social listening and engagement on our, uh, you know, subscription uh, email or content marketing program. There's these very marketing view of the world uh, ways of measuring how well are we doing against our competitors. But, I mean, they have, they have value, but to me, the thing about this digital space is it's the it's the experience with the actual product, and I, I sometimes call it the like extended product because it's not just the product, but it's all the service around it, and you know how smooth and happy are people from their first touch point with you onward. Um, so, like a classic example, I think is you know I mean almost everyone who's a retailer is got to be looking at Amazon as these people are, are, you know, one of our greatest existential threats. Uh, And the way they are going to compete with us isn't necessarily about better emails or better social listening. It's about what are the actual capabilities they are providing through these digital channels and can we match them? And I think one of the uh, folks from, uh, I don't think, he would let me disclose, but a a very large agency that implements solutions for uh, retailers, um, you know, they see themselves as ultimately competing with Amazon. That their yeah. their uh, whole focus is how do we get enough scale and centralize enough technical innovation and relationships with the right software partners such that our clients can get that sort of shared benefit of 
technology that will give them the capabilities, you know, to meet or exceed um, these new digital threats coming from people like Amazon. Well, and I, I, I watched an interesting video the other day that was, uh, it was a, uh, I, and I can't remember the gentleman's name, but it was a predictive, you know, kind of analytics company that uh, takes, you know, basically news and stock prices and, and everything else. And he, he had a, he had a really great discussion about Amazon and that, you know, Amazon is basically beating the retailers right now based on, you know, free shipping, um, but it's a loss for them, you know, and so they're, they're basically just, just, you know, attacking these retailers uh, and taking a loss on it. But Amazon is rapidly, rapidly trying to fix the, you know, the fulfillment part of the equation because they're centralized uh, and distributed, you know, across the U.S. They're trying to, you know, get one day shipping into every city. Um, but these retailers have their own advantage. And that's that, you know, if retailers can capitalize on the technology, they've already got distribution points in every single city. And so you've got someone like, you know, Best Buy who, who can absolutely um, deliver. And he was talking about that, you know, there's a crash coming soon. And that's that, you know, when, when retailers figure out the technology that they need um, to, to do fulfillment better, um, Amazon is eventually going to run out of money to keep doing, you know, and that might take years, but, but to do keep doing this free shipping and, and one day fulfillment, that's incredibly expensive for them. And so um, that convergence is going to be an awesome one for, for consumers who, you know, might, you might be sitting down and the, you know, who knows the Jimmy John's delivery guy might be bringing your new router for you that you'd, you just ordered a few minutes ago from Best Buy, you know? Yep. No, and I, and so that, that getting to our larger uh, discussion here, I think that is really the opportunity for marketing and marketing technology. It's not just the, you know, more classic communications components of marketing around this, but really helping to drive and be the champion of these digital capabilities that, yeah, I mean, they, they interface, you know, um, not just with IT, it's, it's sales, it's customer service, it's our yep. R&D teams, our operations teams. Uh, and marketing doesn't have to do all of this, obviously, right? This is I mean, right. very large organizations and specializations for reasons, but for marketing to really be that centralized champion of what the customer experience needs to be, um, that feels like the the renaissance uh, of what marketing is going through now. Yeah, and we'll take a we'll take a little twenty second break, but you know when we get back, we can talk about you know some of the technologies that are that are making that happen, and talk about some of the sponsors of of uh, of Martech uh, and what they'll be bringing to the table and presenting there. So a uh, little little ad spot here for our agency, and we'll be right back. Are you a marketing technology company looking to increase your market share? Contact Doug and his team at DK New Media for information on their public relations, search engine marketing, and content strategies, including a dedicated show on this podcast. Email info at dknewmedia.com. Infographics and white papers continue to lead search and content strategies throughout the web. DK New Media researches, designs, and promotes the best informational graphic and most well-produced white papers in the industry. 
Contact Doug and his team at DK New Media for additional information. Email info at dknewmedia.com. There you go. So uh, I want to thank, by the way, I should thank uh, Creative Zombie Studios. Brad Shoemaker is a, uh, um, I think, a pioneer. He used to work in the radio space, and and Brad's actually taking on clients now to help corporations um, with their podcasts and their audio needs. Uh, he's doing video as well, but uh, but his whole life was in radio, and uh, and so he's taken the jump and actually opened up a studio. Um, in Indianapolis and is helping and he's helped us with this show. So shout out to, uh, to Brad Shoemaker there. And, and uh, so now we'll get, we'll, so he's, he's mixed all of that music. And of course uh, the band behind that music is a friend of mine uh, called join the dead, which is a rocking band here in Indianapolis. So I got to give them a shout out as well. So we're on, we're on the line with uh, Scott Brinker and we're discussing uh, Martech, which is, which is his, uh, is marketing tech conference, which is at the end of this month. And, uh, and you can see more information on it at, uh, at martechconf.com R M A R T E C H C O N F.com. And you can uh, follow Scott on Twitter at chief martech. Um, Scott, one of the things that we were just talking about before the break was, um, this conversions where, where, you know, marketing is kind of becoming a, um, and I'll use the word hub because that's the technology um, point as well, but it's becoming a hub for information on that customer journey and how, like you said, customer service and fulfillment and all these pieces are coming, coming together. And and that's one of the growth areas that I see um, that maybe, I, I mean, for, for advanced companies, it's not an emerging market. But it really is for the, I think, the medium-sized business market, this marketing hub or data warehouse where they're collecting data from all of these channels, including customer service, fulfillment, billing, uh, and, and getting just incredibly rich information on, you know, what, how is, uh, you know, customer service impacting sales and retention and upsell opportunities? How is... Um, social media, you know, bringing that awareness to the brand and, and, and the impact that is coming. And even some of these systems have predictive analytics systems attached to them. And then, you know, marketing automation attached to that to try to improve those, those ways. But um, specific to MarTech, um, you've got some big players, obviously, coming in. You've got presenting sponsors, uh, Brightcove, uh, Microsoft, Hybris Software, which is a, a SAP company, and Snap App. Can you talk a little bit about what they'll be presenting, and and uh, and especially in this advanced, you know, kind of marketing hub field? Ah, so I actually don't know what they're going to be presenting about. Ah, yeah. um, uh, the way we, uh, we we've worked very hard to maintain the, that church and state separation and uh, Martech. So I basically do all the program for everything except those sponsored presentations, which happen over lunches. Nice. Um, but I know some of them actually, yeah, presented at the very first MarTech and uh, uh, got really terrific reactions, like that people were rating their sessions, you know, and high sessions uh, in, in the main program. So it, it was great that they didn't treat it as a sales pitch. They really treated it as an opportunity to teach the attendees something that was of value to them and 
you know, yeah. then we're able to connect that to what they could provide. Yeah. Well, so I, I'm, and I'm curious to see it as well. <laughs> yeah, that's I, and that speaks to you know you you guys keeping vendor agnostic on on Martech as well, and I think that's such an important uh, element. Um, I and I'll and, and I mean I'll toot our own horns, right? Um, Chief Martech blog has always been vendor agnostic, and Marketing Tech blog has, and that's because because of this. It's because um, you know obviously if if you're a Salesforce customer for instance, um, the tools and, and, and the ecosystem built around Salesforce is going to be quite different than if you were a Oracle finance, uh, you know, based business and, and the ecosystem built around that. And, and that vendor, uh, you know, being vendor agnostic is, is absolutely critical if you're going to consult people on best practices for implementation and use of marketing technology. So, um, again, you know, kudos to you for, for keeping this event that way as well. Um, I do see okay. some, I do see some exciting folks on there, there that, you know, we've seen some, um, some stuff on Lytics is on there. Uh, and, and, uh, those guys, you know, uh, full disclosure, you know, some of those guys and I go all the way back to, uh, working with web trends. They were one of our first, uh, agency clients, but Lytics is really doing some, you know, incredible um, automation uh, tools, basically pulling in different data elements and, and, and you know, kind of calculating and, and moving the needle uh, on your customers with, with one-to-one conversations. Uh, Proof HQ, they've been a, they've mm-hmm. actually been a sponsor before with us and that whole marketing process, uh, process is becoming a, you know, a huge issue, especially in highly regulated companies where uh, you've got to push things, you know, between people. And then, um, you know, you, you, boy, you've got everybody on here. Teradata, uh, who has, you know, obviously right here in town, uh, has, has a huge um, uh, profile. Smartling, who's been out there for quite a while for the, you know, publishing aspect. Man, you've got, you've got everybody who's everybody. Kissmetrics, who, you know, I don't know how you feel. You know, I, I bow at their, their blog every single day. <laughs> it is a temple. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kapost, another another incredible you know marketing marketing publishing automation tool that's that's really made a huge impression on the industry. Can you talk any more about you know some of these companies that 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 will be exhibiting that you're excited uh, to see some of their their applications and software? So again, this is the case where uh, yeah. <laughs> companies that are exhibiting at Martech, uh, and you don't want to all, you don't want to pick any. Out. All of that sponsorship was handled, yeah, by uh, Third Door Media, who uh, you know are actually the producers of Martech. Um, yeah. But I can say, just personally, uh, you know, I'm incredibly excited about. It. I mean, it's yeah. You know, I, I certainly know uh, pretty much all of those 62 companies. Um, yep. but you know, some of them, I only know, uh, just very lightly from, you know, I've read a few things on their website, you know, I've talked to marketers who have mentioned them. And so this chance to actually walk through and I, I, I know it's kind of silly that I'm like a, a kind of a, a exhibit hall that I would get excited about walking. I'm just one of those people who I, I I'm actually looking forward to walking through this exhibit space I, and you know, a what's funny to is, see what these companies are doing firsthand. <laughs> And you know we're we're really disappointed. We're we we literally just kind of lit up the conversation between our companies 
you know, a couple months ago and, and got this kickstarted. And, and so we were not able to make it to, to, to MarTech this year, uh, but we will absolutely be there, you know, every time after. And, uh, but you're absolutely right. That is uh, a lot of times I, I don't even go to, you know, the breakout sessions. I'll spend an entire day just in the exhibit hall, you know, watching demos and, and seeing the, you know, seeing the, the, the real meat, you know, of what people are trying to do. And I, I absolutely love the exhibit hall when I go to these things and, 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 you know, again, kudos, but, you know, the, the exhibit hall is just as important at MarTech as, as are the breakout sessions, uh, you know, for people, because you're going to see the, the, the best of the best out there. And you're going to see, um, you know, foundational companies that, that already have, uh, uh, an incredible reach in the industry, like a Marketo and, uh, all the way up to these, you know, these new technologies that are really trying to show off their stuff. And, and, uh, man, I, am with you. I, I get so excited, uh, about the, about the exhibit halls on these things. <laughs> Good. Well, I'm glad to meet someone else who uh, shares yeah, that. Uh, I'm telling you, we're, we're, <laughs> we're brothers with me. <laughs> we're brothers from another mother on this marketing tech stuff. It's, <laughs> it's amazing. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's take a, take kind of a sideways uh, gig. So this is, uh, what year is this now for MarTech? So this is our second event. The, the, the first one was here in Boston uh, in August of 2014. Um, and yeah, well, I just, I mean, it was really exciting to see this community of marketing technologists and the people around them, uh, come together. And so we knew we didn't want to wait a whole nother year before, yep. um, seeing how, how we could grow that community. Uh, and so, yeah, very excited here for this, this second one. Uh, and we haven't announced the details on it yet, but we, we have gone on record for saying that this fall we will be doing a MarTech Europe um, and really a chance to connect with uh, more specifically with the ecosystem of marketing technology companies, uh, marketing technologists uh, there because, wow, I mean, there's so much innovation happening in that yeah. area that uh, we're not even seeing here in the U.S. Yeah, I oh, you're, you're absolutely right. We, uh, we worked with... Uh, smart focus over in the, over in the UK and, and, uh, they, they should be, in fact, if you, if you want me to connect you, I will, but, um, they should, they should be tops on your sponsor list over there. And they do, um, they just have a vibrant community, uh, over in Europe, you know, between the UK and France, um, that participate in, in, uh, in their events. But, um, yeah, there's, there's, you're absolutely right. There's such exciting We're you know, it's, it's fascinating. I don't know what, with your readership on, on, uh, on chief Martech, but, but we have a surprisingly high, you know, percentage, um, from both Europe and, and of course from, uh, from India as well as a growing, mm-hmm. is a growing audience for us. And, and it is incredible how, you know, uh, you know, we have a few more UK, uh, submissions on our site from a writer standpoint. Uh, which is always which is always welcome. I will tell people right now, though, if you're trying to backlink, I'm just going to kill you. <laughs> but we, we love external content from from marketing tech companies, but man, when they start throwing backlinks, I just want to strangle someone over there. I'll strangle their SEO guy and I'll strangle them. But but uh, 
but yeah, we, we, Europe is really exciting and, and it really is moving, you know, in some ways, uh, on the, on the privacy side of the equation, Europe is really just such a strong country that I, I think a lot of the technology actually precedes ours, uh, in, in the, in the steps that they take to, um, you know, help consumers control, you know, the amount of data that they're providing to marketing uh, technology platforms and companies. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I've had a chance over the past couple of years to meet more and more uh, marketers and marketing tech companies based there. And, uh, um, you know, it, it, I think sometimes there's this impression because there are so many marketing tech companies in the U.S. Um, with such, you know, significant venture financing behind them, you know, Silicon Valley, Silicon Alley, um, you know, that sometimes folks look and say, oh, well, you guys, you know, you must be way ahead of us here in the U.S. on this. And actually, when I hear uh, what a lot of marketers are doing uh, in Europe, uh, you know, in the Netherlands, Sweden. Yeah. Um, wow, they are absolutely top of the game. And in many cases, I would say exceeding the median of a number of companies here in the U.S. Because, I mean, we, we definitely get the, the, the wonderful stories about the, the pioneers, the people who are in that top quartile uh, of marketing organizations who are moving the needle. And God bless them. They're a wonderful inspiration for all of us. Yeah, but most of the companies here in the U.S. are still struggling very deeply with how to make this change in how marketing operates and what it does and how they connect with their audience. Yeah. We have uh, a lot we can learn from each other. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and like I said, I think, you know, we're, we're, we're just, be, you know, Americans, uh, you know, North America, I should say, I, I, you know, it's kind of the Wild West when it comes to privacy and data. Uh, but overseas, they really take a lot more focus on that. And so, you know, in, in some ways, marketers have a much harder time um, over there because the data isn't just freely available to them, um, you know, without, you know, without a lot of regulation and, and care and, and uh, permission. And um, but I feel like we're following that. I think I think, you mm -hmm. know, abuse by marketers and, you know, um, how many companies do you know that, you know, they collect from a million different, you know, points and then they still just send spam out, <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know, it's actually really funny. I just went through this uh, when I was researching on the last version of the landscape. Um, so I, I won't go through my entire process, but it involved doing a lot of Google searches uh, and going to a lot of websites. Uh, and it was fascinating. This was the first year where I went to a set of websites had no, I didn't do any sort of like contact information, any of that, you know, browsing around. And then all of a sudden, over the next couple of weeks, I started getting nurturing emails from these companies. I had clearly never given them my contact info, much less yeah. any, you know, express permission. But they've they've connected the dots. I've done this, you know, through uh, you know uh, DMPs and DMP services, and. Yep. Uh, you know, it's it's one of these things, right? Just because the technology enables this, um, yeah. You know, who's who's making the decision about should we actually do this, and what yeah. are the potential backlash ramifications? Um, I think actually the uh, you know this next wave we're seeing now with the uh, you know this device proliferation and Internet of Things. I mean, the the level of 
insight into our personal lives that companies are going to have very direct access to um, is really going to change the game of what's possible with marketing. But I think that's also going to be the sort of stuff that triggers this public awareness of, okay, wait a second. (laughs) I'm not so sure I want you doing that. Um, yeah. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that public conversation here in the U.S. evolves over the next couple of years. Yeah, it is. And it's it's interesting to me that that um, marketers typically, you know, I mean, I, in my opinion is, you know, consumers will glaringly tell you <laughs> what they want, how they want it, when they want it. Um, and it's surprising the number of companies that don't listen and then still go out and do these, you know, these these terrible, you know, uh, acquisition routines. I was, I was, uh, uh, I wrote uh, a post. Uh, it's going up on Search Engine People, um, great great uh, blog out of out of Toronto, and um, and it was on, you know, just landing page optimization for forms and and everything, and right up your alley, right. And and one of the one of the huge emerging markets nowadays is you know, the click to call. And that's that if, uh, you know, if 40% of the people are hitting your landing page from a, uh, from a mobile phone, a lot of those people will just dial your phone number. They won't even fill out the form. They'll just call you. But, but the, the numbers are startling that, you know, something like 59% of companies don't have any active management routines to actually answer the phone calls. (laughs) And so, You know, these same companies will be outgoing and, and buying lists and, and their marketing guys are going crazy and the phone's ringing and nobody's answering it. <laughs> no, so, <no>. it's, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> good, a good example of uh, how to connect the dots. Yeah, um, exactly. Well, listen, uh, you know, I want to make sure that we, we you know, promote – uh, the marketing tech conference as 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 best we can. Um, you know, is there a is there a you know a little pitch that you want to you know kind of provide people? Tell them you know where to sign up, where to get tickets, where to watch for the next event, um, where to subscribe, of course, uh, so that um, so that they're getting the the Martech news. Um, you take it from here. <laughs> sure. Thanks, Douglas. That's uh, yeah, a good open-ended invitation there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, tickets are still available. Um, we are on track here for around 1,000 people that will be at MarTech in San Francisco, uh, March 31st and April 1st at the uh, Union Square Hilton. Uh, you can go to the website uh, MarTech, P-E-C-H, conf, C-O-N-F, dot com. Uh, to uh, see the agenda, the speakers, uh, the, the folks who will be exhibiting there, and uh, most importantly, uh, have the opportunity to register. And if you'd like to read a little bit of some of the previews of what some of the speakers will be talking about, um, please uh, feel free to visit chiefmartech.com. Uh, that's, see, I've got too many like these, you know, CH versus C. So <laughs> C-H-I-E-F. M-A-R-P-E-C, uh, no H, dot com. Um, and some of the posts here over the uh, past couple months have uh, been interviews and Q&As with uh, a number of speakers who will be featured. So, um, yeah, and if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. I'm on Twitter at Chief Martech. 
Yeah. And uh, once again, you know, I, 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 Scott, thanks so much. And we need to have, have this conversation, I think once a quarter, uh, you know, with the speed at which uh, this industry is moving. And, uh, but, but please, please, if, if you're listening and you've got an opportunity uh, to get out to San Francisco to get to this event, uh, you know, Aetna's there, Coca-Cola, Netflix, um, you know, CA Technologies, Kimberly Clark, um, University of Washington, Wider Funnel, uh, New Relic, LinkedIn. Uh, these are the, the who's who of people that are really um, connecting the dots on, you know, marketing technology and, and putting it to use, uh, you know, in a best practice scenarios. They're going to have, you know, case studies, um, you know, of course, the applications in the exhibitor um, hall, growth hacking techniques, um, as, as well as the, the emerging marketing technologies. And uh, Scott, you know, Scott is surrounded by the best of the best in this industry. Um, and, and he has the ear of everybody in the industry, uh, uh, everybody in the industry um, as well. I'm a, a huge fan just because he doesn't just, he's not just out there as a speaker, but, but he's actually helping uh, companies and has a long history of helping companies. And, and that's, that's, uh, you know, I'm kind of a jerk. That's how I grade when, when I listen to a professional, I want to hear about their background and what they've actually accomplished not just what they've talked about. And, uh, and Scott's one of those uh, guys with a rich history of, of really helping uh, companies in this landscape. So Scott, I just want to um, much respect and, and thank you for joining us today. I know you're probably busy ramping up here and, um, and we won't see you this year, but we will absolutely be there from here on out. And uh, maybe, maybe I can get a good excuse to, to get back to Europe for, for the Europe event and see my friends over there. That would be wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, definitely an honor. Uh, really uh, just so enjoyable to uh, chat with someone who shares this passion of uh, marketing and technology and how it's changing the world around us. It's, it's a wonderful time to be uh, a part of this. So thank you for everything you're doing to help move this forward as well. You bet. Thanks, Scott. And this is the first in a series of interviews that we're going to have with marketing tech professionals. Thank you, everybody. And uh, Get back to work. It's Wednesday. Alrighty. Subscribe online at marketingtechblog.com. Subscribe to our email, download our app, or follow us on social media.